is a challenge, a review of this year, of all years, on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So much of this year was a write-off for obvious reasons, but as they say, for every challenge there's an opportunity. And there were a couple of those for the Welsh Rugby Union podcast this year. There was a chance to shine a light on various areas within the WIU which don't normally get much attention and find out some new things. One of those is what an interesting, varied and busy bunch the Wales Rugby women are and we'll hear some inspiring stuff from many of them later. But first a chance to go in depth in some of the work behind the scenes in the WIU this year. We'll look at most of the departments, starting with the early impact of the COVID-19 pandemic with WIU Head of Participation, Garen John. Yeah, I think it's not just us in the Welsh Rugby Union that found it uh, busy and maybe bizarre or different ways of working, but I think everybody around the country is right now. You know, we're we're all either working from home or we're looking at what else is happening uh, around the world. But uh, yeah, has it been difficult? Yeah, slightly. It has been difficult. You know, we've got a fantastic group of people who uh, work in the community game. You know, the sad part, you know, we've had to cancel all our fixtures and rugby clubs is no longer rugby happening right now in Wales, but also that's right across virtually right across the world and uh, uh, and also other sports as well. So uh, that was obviously a simple decision to make with uh, with what is happening right now. But uh, and then following that, we've got to look at, OK, what do we what else is there need to do? What are the financial implications to the to the union itself? And yeah, we've had to make hard, hard decisions and uh, probably people have read in terms of what we're doing in terms of uh, furloughing staff. And that word furlough is probably a new word and probably not many people knew what it meant or probably people have been looking up in the dictionaries what it means over the last couple of weeks and uh, what it means for them and we've had to do that with uh, a large number of staff not only in the community department but right across the uh, business as well and you know having those conversations with staff over the last uh, uh, few days yes it's been difficult but also I'm amazed how supportive they are and they understand why we're doing it in terms of a business. National Club Development Manager Chris Munro told us the impact on clubs around Wales. We were working on a on a Club of the Future strategy, which we were hoping to um, launch very soon. Uh, a lot of work has been done on that, and it hasn't been wasted or lost, and we will continue to, to work on that, having consulted with clubs across Wales just before Christmas. But that's where we are at the moment. Unfortunately, with Storm Dennis, And also now with COVID-19, our focus has changed somewhat. We've set up a WIU help desk as well, which our team uh, manages, so we can respond to any um, specific or unique inquiries that the clubs have got. And of course, the WIU's clearly stated ambition is that we went into this crisis with 300-odd clubs. We want to come out with the same number. Yeah, absolutely. And that continues to be... um, our mantra and how we want to how we want to move forward. The information that's been provided by the clubs is obviously fantastic, and we're analysing that. And what the data is telling us is that the majority of our clubs will get through for the next six months. What we'll probably have to do is, if the, we don't know how long this is going to last for, but we probably have to do this exercise again in um, in future months when we know more from um, government around the support they can give going forward. Of course, many rugby clubs are the centre of their communities and that's never been more the case than during the last few months. Traharis Phoenix, committee man Hugh Evans, gave their example. What we've been doing, obviously, with um, 
no rugby and the need for social distancing. We set up a volunteer scheme uh, late last year called Friends of the Phoenix and around January this year Pip, our new stewardess, took over the club. We knew we wanted to help the local community. Pip's cooking is pretty legendary in these parts and Pip had started doing Sunday dinners and there was a real need and want from the local community from those who were socially isolating to get home deliveries so we set up a home delivery service via the club Pip and her daughter Stacey have been running the kitchens and delivering to vulnerable key workers and members of the local community within uh, Triharis and the surrounding area. Another example is Old Iltidians in Cardiff. Chairman John Manders was elected to the WIU Council and he told Rob Cole about the work they've done to turn things round. We were in a dark place, I think, community rugby-wise. We just were. I and uh, my colleagues, we um, put a plan together to um, try and change that. And by changing it, we... Uh, I managed to get an asset transfer of what was the first library ever built in Cardiff, 1894, as reading rooms. And if you're here, you can see it's the size of a small school, mm. which is opposite Moreland Park, which is now our home ground. And we've turned the what was a library into a sport and community centre run and managed by Old Altidian RFC. The community loved this place. We have something like 1,500 people a week coming here. We've got five faith groups here. We've got everything from Slimming World to Zumba classes and karate, and uh, as well as preschool and after-school clubs, training rooms, uh, offices for, for charities. We've got Cardiff Leukemia Society here. We've got People Too, uh, they're called, another charity. So as a charity base and a community base, is huge. But on top of that, we were fortunate to get plenty of grants from the Welsh Rugby Union, the Welsh Government to assist us, but financially we had to find many, many thousands of pounds mm. to make this work, of course. It's a big <clears> jump for a rugby club with mm. small income. Yeah. But as you said, small playing base, now you've grown that and you've enmeshed yourself in a new community. Hugely, and um, providing huge dividends for us as well as a rugby club. As you've seen, you've had a walk yeah. around, you've seen the back end of the facility, which is uh, now changing rooms, a medical rooms, a referee's room, and uh, all the top-end facilities you need at our level and above. But the WRU's work covers many areas which had to adapt to circumstances this year. Here's referees manager Paul Adams. We were looking forward to the, uh, the Summer Internationals and... Um, we had Craig and Adam Jones going to the Olympics, so obviously that's been postponed now, so that's that's very disappointing uh, for the both of those in particular who they've worked for four years for this, so um, it's another year now, uh, and it puts them in a difficult position really because both of them want to push on in the 15-a-side game as well. So we've got to have some uh, conversations and how we're going to map their season out for next year. As you say, some difficult decisions all around. Uh, it puts everybody's life on hold to an extent, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. It's, it's difficult for well, it's difficult for all referees because all referees obviously need to to train to keep up to the physical requirements of the game. Obviously, we've missed the, the tail end of the season now, and it's when referees sort of gear up for the the playoff games and the top positions and relegation battles. So it's it's usually an interesting part of the season for referees, and it gives us a a chance to see them in testing environments. So obviously, we've we've missed out on that aspect, and of course, you know, um, right down to the 
the children's game, it, it, they miss out on um, some big opportunities of, of refereeing school and age group games at the, the Principality Stadium. One of those referees affected is former Wales Women's International Jenny Davis, who is going to take a step up the ladder this season. Refereeing is, you still feel like you're a player, but you walk off the pitch not being uh, like battered and bruised. So yeah, so I think refereeing is a nicer atmosphere for me than coaching. Having played does like help because you know what the coaches and players are trying to achieve. So um, you kind of can predict in a way as a referee where to go next because you've got an idea of what they're trying to go to. So um, yeah, I found the transition easier than maybe somebody who hasn't played. And once upon a time, a woman getting involved in refereeing, the thought process would have been, right, referee the ladies game. That would be that. What was your feeling about men, women's rugby, differences between them, what you would get involved in? Well, I thought, because I, I refereed men since it was my first game, and I thought that because they'd probably been playing from a younger age, that they'd be more empathetic with me. And to be fair, they were. And, like, players have been on the pitch, you know, like, saying, oh, that was the wrong decision, <laughs> and we'll discuss it later on in the, in the bar. And, like, they were really supportive with me, like, they were never like, oh my God, this is a woman, she shouldn't be refereeing. They were like, really encouraging. Then there's the Exiles programme. Here's National Exiles Officer Gareth Davis to explain. I've been involved in the Exiles programme for about 20, 25 years, I suppose, really. It started about 30 years ago. In fact, it is the 30th year. It started in 1990 by uh, a gentleman named Brigadier Rolf James, who um, originally from Fishguard, a distinguished military career, and um, he formed the Exiles about 30 years ago, as I say, when mainly it was for senior Welsh qualified players. They were based outside Wales and they had a few ad hoc games. And then a few years after that, they focused on sort of under 19s and under 18s players. And then the programme was overseen by gentlemen originally from Llanabother, Terryn Williams. And the programme gathered a lot of momentum then with uh, age grade programmes as well. And, Terran's still heavily involved with the London Welsh Rugby Club and grown significantly in, in recent years and I think now it's become a massively important part of our strategic direction moving forward as the Exiles programme. And coach development's another key area. Here's Dan Clements. I'm the performance coach manager. That role is looking after the development programmes for coaches that are operating in the, uh, the elite game, in the professional game, across the regions, within the pathways for the Welsh Rugby Union. Do you feel almost a, a little bit under pressure that Wales should be back up at the top of the world driving this process or part of driving that process? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I mean, pressure's relative, isn't it? I think this period's shown what pressure really is. But I think if you linked it to sport and the, and the day job, I think the pressure that's associated with that is I, I think there's there's always pressure associated with achieving results on, on the pitch. That really comes down to a whole host of things. I'm hoping that we can play our part in terms of developing a really strong coach development programme that helps people put their best foot forward in terms of being a coach and then providing the best environment for players to really thrive in the professional game. So yeah, there's definitely some pressure there. When it all sort of started out and people started to take the concept of coach development and coach education seriously, we were leading the way. And as you can imagine, everyone catches up, don't they? So it's up to us now to try and find those points of difference that helps our coaches perhaps improve 
in comparison to our competitors to then again start leading the way in terms of what we're doing which will be nice to see of course this year there was a focus on non-contact forms of rugby as rugby enterprise manager greg woods explained uh, the rugby enterprise department really falls under the community rugby my role really is to to enhance and grow and future-proof the game really focuses on a few areas some key areas that would include the alternative game so everything outside of 15 aside also working with our partners and community projects and also making sure our game is really inclusive so disability rugby uh, making our game as diverse and as attractive as possible a few months ago what did you see as the main challenges facing you and how's that changed now uh, since I started the role really around about three years ago is it, about um, making it sustainable and everything that we do you know when uh, obviously the virus hit obviously very frustrating obviously understood you know the sort of challenges the the country was facing and it's only rugby at the end of the day but normally when the rugby season finishes we kick into mass participations lots of touch rugby lots of alternative games lots of sevens tournaments etc uh, lots of inclusive festivals to keep that rugby sort of bug going over that summer, spring, summer period. We had to postpone and cancel all the events. And finding new ways of doing things, such as within disability rugby with Darren Carey. I was brought back in June, basically with a bit of a mandate to deliver and develop some inclusive content around this lockdown period. And you know, we've been really, really busy over this last three months. So to kick off, uh, we're bringing a new format in. Cardiff Blues have been quite successful with this uh, visually impaired rugby. So in order for us to spread that across Wales, um, what we've had to do there is like build it from the ground up with the support of the Change Foundation to be able to then take that across the whole of Wales. We've brought in a new inclusive rugby landscape as well. So we, with expanding our formats, everything sort of needed updating. And also I had the, the great fun of working with my two eldest children on uh, developing our inclusive at-home rugby sessions uh, titled Jersey for All. Just explain how that came about and how that worked. Well, um, initially I was just told, could you uh, write some sessions, something that could be used at home? Initially it was, could you do the sessions live? Uh, which I was a bit aghast at because I only recently had surgery back in February. And for those who, who aren't aware, I'm an amputee. Uh, so I had some surgery on my leg. So I was only been back walking about three weeks. So I said, look, I don't mind doing the sessions, but can we please record them just in case I fall over? Um, so uh, we spent two days down at the Vale with a, a crew that kept their social distance from myself and my two children. And we smashed out six inclusive sessions which were um have been really quite well received and another example in the community game is wiu hub officer lauren holloway yeah so i started off my volunteer sort of coaching role in um st alban so i was studying sport coaching at cardiff met so i needed to do some voluntary hours so luke gibson from st albans pulled me in the bar and said can you come and help me out with the coaching because they were restarting their mini section and seven years later, I'm still there. So yeah, from a volunteer perspective, that's my involvement there. And then I got a job as a hub officer two or three years ago. Hub officer at the Cardiff and Vale, you've been coaching this morning, I understand. So how's that looking? Yeah, so we went in this morning. It was quite exciting to go back, actually. We're quite lucky there with the facilities as well. There's two gates onto the 3G. So there was obviously an entry and an exit point. The kids hand sanitised before they come on. 
but because obviously it's an academy program we were able to just do the fitness testing today so we didn't actually do any like ball skills etc we just done their base of um, fitness testing so we got a benchmark for them listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Which takes us neatly on to another thing we've been able to go into in greater detail this year. And that's what an amazing bunch the Wales women are. Of course, they're amateurs with jobs to go to, even if for a few of them those jobs are within rugby. Starting with Captain Shu and Lily Krupp talking to Rob Cole. I work in Swansea University as head of rugby. Yeah, so I, I look after men's and women's rugby programmes there from participation up to performance. So um, sport is higher up on our agenda now, but we only deliver one sports course. And most of my boys are engineering, medicine. They're all studying a breadth of different courses. I, I think there's some boys obviously doing sports science, but what's nice is it's, they're all studying different things as a diverse group. And with success becomes more demand, doesn't yeah, it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, credit to the guys this year. They've worked really hard. Any escape from rugby for you? No, <laughs> not really. My dog is probably my only escape from rugby, yeah. So it's... Uh, a walk on the beach. Yeah, walk on the beach. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's, it's busy, but you can't complain. this when you love what you do and when you're doing your hobby as work as well. It's an exciting time. But, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for all the opportunities they've got. But, yeah, not much escape from rugby. Not much escape either for outside half Eleanor Snowsill works for the School of Hard Knocks programme. It is brilliant. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky I found my perfect job. So School of Hard Knocks use rugby as a tool to sort of support people and help them reach their potential. So uh, we've got two sections, adults and children. The adults is an eight-week intensive course to get them either back into employment or education or training or, or anything like that. Um, a lot of the adults we work with have hit rock bottom. So whether that's, you know, they've come out of prison or addiction or suffered some abuse. Um, so that's the adult situation. And then they realised a lot of the adults were saying, look, if I had this in school, my life would have been so different, you know, could have really helped turn my life around. So then they decided, right, we need to get into school as well. So I work for the Welsh Schools Programme in Cardiff um, and we're currently in four different schools so we go into the same school every day so on Monday I'll be in one school Tuesday different school and we work with then the same group of kids every day for up to three years we do boys and girls groups separately during the day so we do a lot of personal development with them in the classroom teaching them stuff that maybe they don't learn at home or don't learn, you know, haven't got the time to sort of learn in lessons. We also then do a lot of rugby training, make them into a team, play matches with them, take them on trips. And then we also do one-to-one mentoring um, around that. Another involved in that programme is back Alex Donovan, though that's just one of the strings in her particular bow. It's a great kind of um, project that they've got on. So they've got courses, as you said, to help people that have lost their jobs through lockdown or the pandemic to try and help them get back into work so my role is to teach yoga in each course twice a week so they focus on three things so they focus on the body the mind and the future that's what their core elements are so i help them with the kind of the body side of it where they kind of prove that if you start your day with a little bit of exercise and um, the brain's more responsive so that i think that's where i come into it and i just do a half hour session 
with the course at the start of the day on a Monday and a Wednesday. And to give the background, you're a, you're a yoga teacher, a yoga professional. How much does yeah. something like that help someone bounce back from a situation like that through rugby and yoga? It's massive. And I, I think as well, just knowing how many people have actually lost their jobs, it's kind of reassuring for the people on the courses that they're not alone and there are people out there that want to help them. There's people going through it as well, which is kind of reassuring in a way. Over the lockdown period, you've been doing an awful lot of yoga online. So I suppose in terms of how it can help people through that period, you'll have had a huge amount of feedback and a huge amount of experience. And uh, Yeah, massively. To be honest, selfishly, I think I started doing the live classes on Instagram. At the start of lockdown, uh, we had to close the studios and, you know, my one-to-one and my, my sport team work was on hold. So so I said, oh, why don't I just put a yoga class on, you know, in the morning, four times a week. And so I posted it saying if anyone else wants to jump in. And then it grew it grew massively. I think at the peak it was like 120 would jump in onto the live classes. A similar educational approach for Prop Keris Hale, talking to Liz Jones. I feel like I'm having better impact on the pupils because they're seeing me as a somebody who represents the country. They've got this perception that I'm a bit hard, which isn't necessarily the case, but at least I've got that. <laughs> and what's the name of the school? I work for ACT schools and I work for their Kafili Centre. Um, so the pupils are from different backgrounds and have struggled in a mainstream school and we're just providing them with an opportunity to do what they can under better circumstances. We've got smaller classes and stuff and that just helps us build on our relationships with the pupils and then hopefully then they'll achieve. So they're seeing you as a role model on the field as well? Yeah, and I think when I first started there, they were quiet about it but now they come in and they say oh we see you on the telly on the weekend and stuff like that and I think it's really helped with my relationship with them but as well seeing a couple of them get into rugby. Outside half Robin Wilkins explain more to Liz Jones. So we're in a basic comprehensive school coming to watch me teach see what I do outside of rugby so teacher of science but also trying to get a girls rugby team going here as well. This is what you do as a day job, you're 24, you're a science teacher. And talk to me about how you got into rugby and, and your background there and why you're passionate about the game. My dad played rugby, so I was really fortunate there was teams around that allowed me to play with the boys. I played from a young age, eight, nine years old. I got to play in primary school as well. Yeah, I watched dad play rugby and I guess I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps, so to speak. So I, I did stop for a few years when I was between the age of 11 and 14 and then found a club in Pencoid. Started back and kind of kept going from there then. Well others of course were making their contributions working in the NHS in this time of need. Two NHS workers who also happen to be Wales Rugby Internationals are Ospreys and Wales wing and Harriet Desmet and first Cardiff Blues and Wales back rower Abby Fleming. It's been quite intense really. It's been quite uncertain. There's been lots of changes in work. Very different way of working um, but I think we've kind of took to the challenge really well making sure that our patients get looked after to the best of their abilities as well and we do our jobs correctly as well. And what's it been like for you on a personal level? I guess it, it's been really it's been it has been really intense it's opened my eyes up to lots of different challenges that we face and it's opened my eyes up as to lots of different ways that how things could be run differently or how definitely things are going to change post-pandemic as well. This has definitely brought 
around lots of different ways of working that may potentially make us better for the future as well. I'm sure you're right. I mean, Ang Harad, what's the last few weeks and couple of months been been like for you? It's been quite a whirlwind over the last couple of months. Like, the change happened so drastically. We had to get ready for the mass cohort of patients that we had and we had to adapt to having different roles so not only were we physios we had to help with the healthcare side helping patients with their daily needs because the nurses were so short-staffed and we went through a point where we were so short-staffed because everybody obviously we were coming into contact with patients with COVID on a daily basis it kind of swept its way through our team and again just on a personal level how have you found it what's it been like it was quite scary, first of all, especially the thought of coming home and taking like 200 showers a day to try and make sure that you're not bringing the virus back to your loved ones. It gives you a sense of purpose because you're helping people when they're at their most vulnerable. They're in hospital, they're unwell, they can't see their relatives. They probably go weeks without seeing any family. So, yeah, it really gives you a sense of purpose and it makes you proud to do what you do. Finally, it was a year which started with such optimism about what was ahead for back row of Man and Johns, who had earned a place at Oxford University. I'm excited for the opportunity as well. What are you going to be studying? Geography. I'm into volcanoes and immigration and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm excited to further that as well as my rugby. There's been this huge development in women's rugby over the last few years and the women's varsity match yeah. at Twickenham is one of those big areas. Are you looking forward to that as well? Yeah, definitely. And it's televised as well, which gives great exposure to the women's game. Yeah, I'm excited to get that and earn my blue, hopefully. So, yeah, that would be good. I've been in contact with them and they seem very supportive with their sporting system and hopefully I'll get to play in it and it'll be exciting and, yeah, hopefully I'll get to play in that. So, there have been plenty of interesting people to talk to on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast this year. If any of those interviews whetted your appetite and you want to go back to hear more, they're all still available in full on your podcast provider or through the WRU website. So roll on 2021. It's got to be better, eventually, maybe. Until then, best wishes and goodbye from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. <laughs>